Yeah, yeah. It's, it took my breath away. The country, the entire country, and even people from overseas responded, how can we help this boy? And now we have to turn around and tell them, once again, America, we've been suckered. Where would Clyde be without Bonnie? The Sundance Kid without Butch Cassidy? These and many other crime duos are two minds linked by crime. There are other duos that are not only linked by crime, but also by blood. The Menendez brothers, Frank and Jesse James. Today we're going to talk about scammers who work as a team, but we're going to take it one step further. We're going to talk about twins. Now, I'm not going to insult you by falling back on the old trope of, oh, which one did it? They look identical. You're not listening to this for cliches. We'll be talking about born scammers who cooked up plans that involved them both or individually on their own. They were grifters from the day they were born. There are two sisters named Hoax. That's H-O-A-K-S, not H-O-A-X. Bertie and Becky. More accurately, Bertie Joe and Becky Joe. They were born in Hoopstown, Illinois on April 21, 1970. Their first official run-in with the legal system was recorded in 1993. And a busy year that was. The Chicago Tribune reported that in Bennington, Vermont, Bertie claimed to be Timothy Burke a 12-year-old Arkansas boy whose parents deserted him while vacationing. This is when Bertie began a long career pretending to be a boy. Bennington police began to sort through the allegations and charged Bertie with filing a false police report for which she received a sentence of 23 days. There were similar reports coming in from Maine to upstate New York to West Virginia, Texas, and Montana. In South Dakota, she got nine months in jail for receiving $728 in cash and benefits from a youth home. There were only a few times when Bertie spoke to reporters, but on one occasion, she was asked why she was pretending to be a boy. Well, think about it. Which is safer, to be a boy on the street or to be a girl on the street? Especially when you look as young as I do. Bertie reportedly has a child or children, but there's no clear record of it. We did find a Facebook page of someone who might be a relative, but the person didn't respond to our request for confirmation. And she's right, the streets probably weren't safe for a young girl. In 1993, she would have been 23 at the time, police in Wichita, Kansas arrested Bertie for running her old game. She had spent six weeks in the care of the Wichita Children's Home, attended school, and got free foot surgery. The staff noted strange behavior such as not wanting to shower at the same time as the boys. Upon investigation, they discovered that he was a she, whose breasts were bound with tape and her stomach showing a two-year-old cesarean scar. Her coup d'etat came in 1993, when Bertie landed in Salt Lake City, carrying an envelope with a note inside that she took to a group home. The note said the person's name was Michael Ross, and that he was being abandoned because his parents no longer wanted him. 
The group home took him in on December 20th. The enclosed birth certificate said his birthday was December 25th, Christmas. As you would imagine, the press went crazy. It was a great story, so it spread around the country and thousands of people rushed to help the orphan. Some even wanted to adopt him. But it didn't smell right to police. When they began digging and actually undressing the person they thought was Michael Ross, they found Bertie Hoax underneath. But don't forget this is a story about scammers who are twins. What about Becky? Becky was busy, but not nearly as busy as Bertie. In 2007, Becky was charged with felony burglary, felony theft of a safe containing about $2,400 from a church office, and felony criminal damage to property related to the damage done to the safe. Bertie was also charged for those crimes. Oklahoma prison records show Becky has convictions going back to 2021 for grand larceny, writing bad checks, and receiving stolen property. Lastly, in 2017, Bertie Joe and Becky Joe, who are now age 47 and living in Choctaw, Oklahoma, were sentenced to federal prison for conspiring to steal U.S. postage stamps. Prosecutors said that from June 2016 through February 2017, they opened personal checking accounts at various banks using small cash deposits ranging from $5 to $200. Working together, they wrote dozens of bad checks at post offices throughout western Oklahoma to obtain thousands of U.S. postage stamps. Both pleaded guilty to conspiracy on June 27, 2017. Each agreed to pay nearly $62,000 in restitution, mostly to the U.S. Postal Service. Bertie got 60 months in prison, the statutory maximum, while Becky got a 48-month sentence. Both women will serve three years of supervised release after their prison terms. They were 48 years old. In 2014, two twin 70-year-old pharmacists were sent to prison for 42 months for scamming at least $1.5 million over 15 years by defrauding patients, Medicaid, and insurance companies. Their scams had many moving parts. Here's how they worked. Sometimes, drugstores don't have enough of a drug to fill a prescription, so they fill what they can. A system called TradeQuick records the underfill prescriptions. Each letter in TradeQuick corresponded to a number, T for 1 through K for 0. The pharmacist would enter two letters into their computer system to show how much of the prescription they intended to fill. After underfilling the prescription, they billed Medicaid and other insurance companies for the fully filled prescription. They would also substitute generic drugs for the brand name drugs prescribed by doctors without telling the patients. They could then bill Medicaid and other insurance companies for the full amount of the brand name drugs. To keep up with their own scam, they put the prescribing physician's phone number into their computers to indicate what they were up to. They also saw the chance to execute refills without the patient's knowledge and build Medicaid and the private insurers for the refills. A dot in the computer system indicated which customers were being manipulated. But the twins weren't done yet. They bought drugs back from their customers and would use those drugs to fill other prescriptions. They billed Medicaid and insurance companies as if the drugs were fresh. 
Continuing their cost-cutting measures, the druggists purchased prescription drugs from non-licensed wholesalers at a substantial discount, then billed everyone at full cost. The Department of Justice said the guys got away with about $1.4 million through these scams, so remember that the next time you make fun of old folks who fumble with computers. When it came to programming, these guys could code. Now it's time for Jordan and Simon Gann, handsome twins who seduced others while stealing their riches. Simon practiced his trade in casinos, while Jordan was a real estate kind of guy. We begin with Simon in Bell Harbor, Florida. Police say Simon Gann told his latest victim that he had a form of autism that enabled him to count cards and beat the house at blackjack. The victim was so convinced that he sold his $100,000 Rolex watch at a pawn shop for $20,000 and gave Gann the money. Sometimes Gann would find a rich sucker in a casino, flash his smile, charm them, then mention he was a math savant. But tonight, his pockets were empty and he wouldn't be warming a seat at the tables counting cards. The Almanac Gazette said that was the case for a 32-year-old Menlo Park, California woman. Police found Gann hiding in a closet and arrested him. He was charged with resisting arrest, obtaining money under false pretenses, and grand theft for a total of $1,900. Police found similar arrests in New Hampshire and Ottawa. Of course, his twin Jordan shared Simon's same good looks and charm, but played his game differently. Jordan is serving five years in a Florida prison for conning a woman out of thousands of dollars in 2008 by posing as an Ivy League oncologist and real estate mogul. Meredith Gavin of New York created a now-defunct website outlining her experiences with the Gann brothers. She said she met one of the twins at an Orlando bar, but she doesn't know whether it was Simon or Jordan. During the next week, she noticed inconsistencies in his story. He fled with her money and left her pregnant. And finally, there are Alexander and Thomas Hunter, who at age 16 created a stock-picking robot they called Marl. Except that they didn't really create a robot, but a newsletter that announced the robot's stock picks. They were arrested by U.S. officials in 2012 for their penny stock Ponzi scheme that attracted 75,000 investors since it began in 2007. Those that followed the robot's newsletter in 2008 learned of a music publishing company called Uomo Media Inc. When the robot announced its buy recommendation, its share price doubled to 69 cents. They promoted it again in 2009, and the price climbed to $1.06. As of April 2022, when this is being recorded, the stock has about 580 outstanding shares and is trading for 0.000001 cents. It might be worthwhile to note that its 52-week high is 20 cents. And for a penny? And for a jail sentence. There's very little information on whether twins are more likely to commit crimes than singletons. But we can ask the age-old question of whether criminals are born or made. Is it nature or nurture? When it comes to twins, the answer is, we don't know. But a 2012 study from the University of Texas may have a clue. The researchers said the overarching conclusions were that among habitual criminals, genetic influences were larger than environmental influences. Among those who were law-abiding, genetics and environment were essentially tied. Among casual criminals, 
environment was most important. Gee, Officer Krupke was very upset. We never had the love that every child ought to get. We ain't no delinquents, we're misunderstood. Deep down inside us, there is good. There is good. A successful con seduces a sucker into a world where their dreams can come true. Power and great riches are within their grasp. This magic casts a spell that leads its audience to hand over all their money to scammers who vanish before the sucker realizes it was all an illusion. If you enjoy the podcast, Please help us out by telling your friends and encouraging them to listen. Scams and Cons is available wherever podcasts are found and at scamsandcons.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Scams and Cons. Lastly, if you can head over to Spotify and leave us a five-star rating, it'd be really appreciated. Spotify listeners are more than half our audience, so it makes a difference. We'll be back in two weeks. Thanks for listening. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed terror takes center stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.